0: Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host Kevin DeVries and as always if you'd like to reach us at the podcast you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPL Roundtable at gmail.com. Alright this is the latest installment of our Euro 2016 coverage. Joining us now is Dylan from the Box to Box podcast which you can find at TBTB Podcast on Twitter. Dylan you're going to be talking about Portugal here with us. Obviously not the result you would have wanted yesterday.
1: Pretty much, this is the first time I've come on to talk about Portugal. So I think I'll start off talking about both games. Of course, we versus Iceland last week, followed up by the Austria game yesterday, and really, both games, both games, were had a very similar pattern to them. You could see that you look you're looking at the statistics. So there was 26 shots against the in the Iceland game and 23 in the Austria game, which actually as Portugal having the most shots overall and one goal has come out of that so quite frustrating going into the tournament there was there was two sort of parties of parties of thought of how Portugal were going to go there was the people that were, were quite negative this this is in Portugal quite negative thinking that oh, Ronaldo's not fit sort of like the uh, 2014 World Cup the no striker issue. Of course, on this podcast, there's been a lot of negative thoughts around Adur and his spell at Swansea City.
0: Um, <laughs> sure has been. And, Looking at you, Ghetto.
1: And he but to be fair to him, in the last six months he has he has gone to League and he hasn't done too bad at Lille. And there's also been the concerns about the dodgy defense, as you can see from the goal against Iceland. Um, but there's also my on my perspective, I was thinking that this is the best Portugal side since two thousand and four, with the likes of, of course, Ronaldo, Pepe, Real, Patricio, and goals, Matinho. Some real quality players that I felt would have stepped up, and that's, like I said, the best side since two thousand and four. The one that had Figo, who Ronaldo actually overtook his um, international cap record tonight. Ah, uh, yesterday against Austria, but back onto the games, really watching the games I was actually quite impressed with how Portugal played they the midfield in the in the first game they had gomez Matinho, mario and danilo as a a quite a fairly narrow diamond and the interchange of of play between them were were quite impressive and it's pretty pretty remarkable that it only sort of one only one goal came out of it, and that the same can be said in the next game. Um, with Matinho, Gomez, Cavallo, and Carrijo was sort of the was playing an interesting role in the game against Austria. He was working, he was got switching from flank to flank, with, and that's something that I haven't really seen him see do. I've seen him play up front, which he did against England when he came on, and he also pl- played up front against Estonia in the war, these are in the two warm ups beforehand, but the. The exchanges of play in the midfield were quite were quite impressive, but it's the goals, and that's that's the major concern, and that links back to not having a striker that that can sort of win you these championships. And it's a bit disappointing. Like, you're playing Ronaldo, who, of course, the much maligned Ronaldo as of late, and he's not – a striker's not really his position, and that's the problem. You really need him playing out wide, and having a striker that, like Benzema, that he has at Real Madrid, that he can play, they can play off, link up, take the pressure off him, and that's that's been one of the big concerns for Portugal. And another problem that Portugal have had in their first two games is Fernando Santos, the manager that took over from Paulo Bento after the failed 2014 World Cup. He was the manager of Greece beforehand, and he's. It's it's quite nice to say to him. It's quite a positive, positive view if you say that he's quite a, a, quite a negative manager. He's, he's very defensive. And this Portugal team, unlike Portugal teams of the past, especially around 2004, 2006, they're more focused around um, having a stable defence, which he doesn't really have the players to do. You look at the back line of Rafael Guerrero, Pepe, Ricardo Cavalho, who's 38, and Varinha, they are they not—they're not really defenders that are gonna are gonna provide that stability that his his defense, especially at his time his Greece was built around solid defenders, and that these these guys just aren't aren't the teams for that, and he's also he's not aren't the players for that, and he's not quite he's not really the on the sidelines. So Portugal in the first game. The first, the first half, they dominated. They got the goal, and then they came out after the break. They conceded early, about five minutes in. Terrible defending from Pepe and Varinha. They just completely lost their markers, and then Fernando Santos didn't really seem to didn't seem to recognise recognise what what was going on. In the game. Portugal were were losing momentum. It took until the seventy first minute for him to bring on his first substitute, which was Renato Sanchez. For Matinho, who I thought was having a terrific game, and then the 76th minute to bring on Krajima, and then the 84th minute to bring on Eder for Gomez, who was actually had been out. Who was the man of the match for Portugal in that game, and that's also reflected in the second game against Austria, where he didn't make. He, Port, Portugal was struggling to sort of, well, score goals <laughs> as, as the tournament shows, and. It took, again, to the 71st minute for him to make his first change, which is bring on Mario, then he'd bring on Eder. And someone that I would have liked to have seen have seen probably start was Rafa Silva, the Braga winger, who from watching the Portuguese first division, he's probably the best Portuguese talent still there for me, um, considering Renato Sanchez is now left by Munich. He's a Braga, he's a pacey pacey. Winger normally off the left, and he came on in the 89th minute against Austria for Nani, and I felt that it's a bit, it's a bit rough to bring on someone of his age with a couple of minutes to go and sort of say, go win us the game. He didn't really get time to get into the game, and that's it's just, it's just a sign that the manager doesn't seem to have an awareness of what's going on in the game.
0: Yeah, there yeah. definitely have been some issues, Ronaldo not the least of which, but we aren't going to pick on him too much more. <laughs> um, if you had to pick a non-Ronaldo player that impressed and disappointed, who would it be? For for me, I've really enjoyed watching Andre Gomez. I didn't get to see too much of him. Uh, at. He's at Valencia, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get to see him all that much on, in a couple matches when I tuned in. He wasn't starting. Um, but I, I have been very impressed. And now starting to make sense are a lot of those rumors because uh, it does look like he, he's at, at a higher level, even than Moutinho, who, who was mooted for for a move to England for a very long time. Tottenham even, quote-unquote, signed him, according to Sky Sports. Uh, many. Yeah, before that obviously didn't happen, but uh, that was mine for you, who impressed and disappointed?
1: Um, you sort of stole my thunder there. Gomez, in the first game in particular, he got the assist for the N- Nani's goal. His interchange of play with Moutinho and uh, João Mario was quite impressive. He's He's got a good range of passing but the problem with Gomez he tends to this was at Valencia he tends to drift out of games which doesn't isn't you don't want it from your main creative midfielder which is what which is what he should be he's got the talent to be that creative midfielder and he's also he's in the last 20 30 minutes of games he he doesn't have the best engine so he can he can run out of gas in that sense. Um, another impressive player across the two games was Rafael Guerrero, who's playing for Lorient in Liga. And he, Fabio Contral, who's been in Portugal's left back for about the last five years, he, he was ruled out with the tournament with injury, which which gave Guerrero his opportunity. And the same, the same can be said with Verrinha. They're not, the fullbacks aren't the best defenders, but going forward, Guerrero was quite impressive. And for the free kicks that Ronaldo didn't take, Guerrero normally stu- um, stood up to take them, normally whipping him to the box, and he's got a, quite a nice quite a nice cross on him. Other impressive players, João Mário, Nani at stake. Nani in the first half against Iceland was quite impressive. And... <laughs> There, there was a lot of there was a lot of six out of ten performances across the two games.
0: Hmm. If if you want to turn things around uh, and make it out of the group, what what changes would you expect to see?
1: Well, before the tournament, I posted I posted up on Twitter. This is the team that I wanted to see Portugal go out with from the start. So they're lined up as a four through three, and the centre backs would have been Pepe and Fonte. And before, before I go any further, I I honestly can't see Santos br- breaking from his 4-4-2 that he's used throughout the whole qualifying campaign. But I don't feel that it's... I feel that if, if I was being chucked into the situation, this is what would, ha- what would have to happen. So Cavalio, for me, he's, he's always been a slow player in, term of, in terms of his pace. But the big concern is when you try when he was trying to break down when the Portugal were trying to break down Austria and Iceland, his ball playing in the back was just he he seemed he seemed off the pace in that regard. So I'd really bring in Jose Fonte from Southampton, who's had an impressive a few seasons, to partner Pepe, the two fullbacks, Eliseu and Cedric, just because I feel like they offer more defensive solidity. We did concede we did concede only one goal, but that came from a defensive error rather than any it was quite a good finish from the Icelandic player, but it was it came from a defensive error. So I felt that it's more it's more important to have solid defenders at fullback. So I'd go with Cedric and Eliseu. Cavalho needs to be in the midfield with Martinho and Joao um Mario. That's William Cavalho from Sporting Lisbon, who's heavily linked with Arsenal for about the last three years. And i would revert to, I'll once again, touch on Edda. I think for Portugal to play at their best, I feel that Edda needs to play. He scored he scored six or seven goals back in Liga, but I feel his best play, especially when he was at Braga, before he moved to Swansea, was bringing players into the game, which I feel the likes of Nani, Ronaldo, Kourishma off the bench, Rafa Silva off the bench. I could really help bring them into the game, rather and being sort of the focal point of the attack, rather than having so much pro, so much so much focus from the defenders on Ronaldo and Nani. So in in terms of that, you'd have Ronaldo and Nani on the wing. The defenders would be more drawn out towards them, which gives Edda the space to get the ball, and then they'd be drawn in and that would give Nani and Ronaldo space, which in the four four two that Santos is playing, they just haven't they haven't really had, it, even though they've have, had managed about forty sh forty, fifty shots on goal so far. But whether that's gonna happen, I'm not too sure.
0: Yeah, obviously the group now looks much different than people would have expected coming into it. Hungary, who many thought uh were one of the weaker teams in the tournament, myself included Although, in my defense, it was said on a fantasy podcast where there still are no people you'd really want, unless you want to keep her in sweatpants. Um, but it, they have been kind of showing an overarching tendency in this tournament, which is that close-knit and well-drilled teams are beating more talented teams. If not beating, at least getting results against them. And I think Hungary on four points already, uh, unless I'm mistaken, are pretty much through at this point. Um, Uh, Oh, no, because you you could beat them and Iceland could beat Austria and in theory both have five points. So you'd be confident. But yeah, where do you think the the group will stack up?
1: So pretty much after the Iceland game, a lot of my friends who, who, a few of them are are English, have been giving me stick about it. Um, After the Iceland game, because Austria did lose, I was still quite confident with the one point. And then even after the Austria game... This morning on two points. You look at it now. If we beat Hungary, if Portugal beat Hungary, say two 0 which is in all realms of possibility should, should be able to happen, that would move them to the to first in Group F. Yeah. And but but the the major concern there is the first in Group F is going to be versing second in Group E, which is Belgium. So it's sort of a double edged sword, whereas second place, that's gonna put you up against I believe second place in group B. Because I'll tell you what, this this third place knockout ranking mm. thing is really 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 made it quite confusing to follow who's who's gonna be versing who.
0: Currently so, group B in second place is Wales slash Slovakia. Who are both on the same goal difference and have the same points. Oh, I guess Wales would get it though because they beat Slovakia.
1: Beat Slovakia, but that that can all that can all change. I'm pretty sure in that group. So yeah. it's, it's it's it'll be interesting to see where they where they finish. But you'd want to hope if they can't beat Hungary, they probably don't deserve to go through. To be fair, because they haven't they haven't. They have played well, but if you can't score against what was perceived at the start of the tournament as a fairly weak group, it's you're not going to fancy your chances against the likes of Belgium, even, Belgium, even you know Wales, who have proven that, proven on occasions, especially during qualifying, that they can defend quite well.
0: Yeah, I was just looking at the standings here, and something that's actually quite interesting is that only two third place teams have more than one point. So, yeah. and Portugal I... are currently one of them. So that that whole third place thing cuz it's 4 of 6 now is going to get very very confusing.
1: Yeah, so Portugal to finish to be a third place team, they're going to need Iceland to beat Austria and Hungary and draw with and draw with Hungary. That would leave Portugal in third, but I think a win would, uh, a win, a win would a win push pretty us much above.
0: Guarantees it because yeah. I don't think Iceland would beat Austria by too many goals.
1: Yeah, uh, to be fair, Austria have been Austria were quite disappointing this morning. On yeah. my on the box to box podcast, we were talking. Our play to watch for me was Yanunovich for the centre midfielder for Austria, yeah. and he, he he of course wasn't playing. This morning, which had um, Alaba playing a more attacking role, and there was rumours he was injured. But a lot of stickers gone towards Ronaldo. But Alaba, who's also seen as a world class player, he he didn't really step up for Austria when it needed this morning, yesterday rather.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's all going to be very interesting. Uh, you already mentioned them a couple times here, but what did your uh, what are your thoughts heading into that Hungary match?
1: Well, Hungary. They were they were shocking in the
0: first half against Austria.
1: I feel, and they they really turned it on in the second half. And I'm not sure whether it was an Austria collapse or or Hungary just Hungary just pushed them pushed them to the breaking point. But in the game against Iceland before Portugal's game yesterday against Austria, Hungary were were a lot better than Iceland, and I was quite impressed with them. And I can see. I can see them scoring, but and I can see them. You could see it being like a a one-one, which which is disappointing. But it's after the two after the two games that have come that have already gone. It's hard to see Portugal winning, which is disappointing considering I felt that in the I felt they were going to go quite well in these Euros.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this, like I said at the top of the show, this group has, has gone sideways compared to what many people thought. A lot of people had Austria as their dark horses. Portugal, obviously, with Ronaldo, we're going to score loads of goals. Iceland, were very compact. You have Sigurdsson up front. And now, currently, Hungary have the best scoring and best defense in the group. Yeah. Just no, like no. everyone predicted, right? That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> was everyone's exactly. thoughts. All right, uh, well, we are out of time. But if you want to tell the folks to reach it, now be a good time.
1: All right, so thanks for having me on Kev my name is Dylan Arvella and you can find me on Twitter Dylan Aloy Arvella and I also host the box-to-box podcast which you can find on iTunes and you can also follow us on Twitter Podcast. thanks for having me on
0: yep was a pleasure hope to speak soon